Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Rachel Morford, president of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Farah Bajwa and Brianne C. Martin, contestants from season one of Fox's Domino Masters. Farah currently lives in San Diego, but was born in Chicago to an Egyptian mom and a Pakistani dad. She currently works at Eaton, where she is a project manager within the electrical industry. Brianne, also known as the People Engineer, is an international speaker, a manufacturing consultant, and an engineering founder of two successful businesses. Brianne continues to reach thousands with her content and speeches and has been featured by BuzzFeed, Science Channel, and Fierce by Mitu. Thank you all for joining us today, and let's jump in. One thing I will note for any of our listeners, though, if you haven't seen this particular episode, you may want to watch and then retune in so you don't be surprised with any spoilers. Brianne, Vera, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having us. <laughs> so I would like to start by asking how you heard about Domino Masters, especially with it being season one. So actually with me, they reached out to me via email and I thought it was spam. I really thought it was some type of a scam that was happening. But I had one of their scouts reach out and say, hey, we saw the Rube Goldberg that you did for Red Bull. I was back, gosh, it was almost like 20 years, 10 years ago, actually. I worked on the Red Bull athlete machine. It's a life-size kludge. I was part of a team that worked on that. And apparently they saw it and recognized that for the domino competition, they needed someone with kludging experience. So they reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in joining our competition? I can only imagine what that email subject line was. Yeah, it was, it was a little questionable at first, but she provided enough details in it. And I'm like, okay, this this sounds legit because she named one of my former teammates. And so I was like, all right, I, I think there's some merit to this. Let me explore. Thanks, Farah. What about you, Brianne? Yeah, on a very similar note, I've been creating content for over 10 years now, which is kind of crazy to say. But you know, being part of the 2% of Latina engineers, I just hadn't seen too many people. I had joined an organization, SHIP dedicated to leading Hispanics in STEM. And the more leadership volunteer roles I took on was more of, hey, you know, there's there's other Latinas out there that don't know this is a possibility and or know that there was a group of other women that are, you know, really trailblazing and, and doing amazing things in STEM. And so, you know, just whether or not hosting my own podcast as the people engineer, creating YouTube videos with my husband every now and then just kind of for fun. And then even just, you know, vlogging or sharing a day in the life of content over Instagram. It just became a lot of fun. And then, you know, being able to connect with other women and just people in general with, you know, hashtag women in STEM or hashtag diversity in STEM, you know, really be able to build an online community and just, you know, a lot of great fun and content and, and support 
And so similar to Fair, I have received an email that kind of outreached and I too was like, is this spam or is this for real? And, uh, you know, the casting crew was, was really supportive in giving a little bit more context and, you know, an idea about the show and, and what to expect. So it was, it was a lot of fun, like you said, kind of just from the get-go to have been reached out to and, and like you said, found, had my content found and I've seen a value. So it was a pretty cool experience. That's amazing. And how affirming for both of you for your content to have been seen and then to have someone reach out to you because of it. That's really just incredible. So you're both engineers, which is super exciting. I loved the fact that this was a all women's engineering team for this competition. Can you tell me a little bit more about your engineering background and what you both currently do? And did that impact your strategy for Domino Masters at all? And Brienne, let's go ahead and start with you. Sure. So I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. I started at community college, getting you know just my psychology and sociology out of the way before I took off. I started at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm originally from South Texas, a fourth generation Tejana. So traveling a thousand miles away from home was definitely a venture of a lifetime. And I was really intrigued by manufacturing. So I knew I wanted to do something in that realm. Fast forward, I had internships working for the Army, doing helicopter repairs, very hands-on, a tooling internship, a design internship. And so when I went full-time, it was definitely a given I was going to do more manufacturing than design. I am very well-versed and proficient in over four 3D modeling software. So I definitely had my stint of being a design engineer for about two and a half, three years. But just really the hands-on working anywhere from the operators and machinists and tooling equipment to all the way, you know, high strategy, kind of product development, what are the timelines and kind of working with the design engineers to ensure we are accounted for any and all things. So I was very much in the kind of dreaming rainbows and unicorns and new technology and what that could look like. But then also kind of the reality of the state of the shop and, and where we were on the manufacturing floor. So tying those two worlds together is, is definitely my specialty. And it definitely served us when it came to the building Domino Masters. Like I said, we had big, great plans. And then having the opportunity to risk mitigate and kind of break it into phases, you know, it kind of the MVP, if you will, like what's definitely viable first and foremost, and then being able to build on from there. So it was a really great opportunity to really showcase my experience and that opportunity with my fellow engineers. That's great. And I am guessing that we're going to have some Marquette grads listening to the podcast. We certainly have Marquette grads in SWE, so they'll be cheering for you, I'm sure. Vera, what about you? So growing up, I was, I guess you could say, influenced by my grandfather and his father-in-law, my great-grandfather. You know, if you can imagine this little, you know, four-year-old peering over the dining room table, watching her grandparents, you know, fixing the family fan or disassembling, you know, the microwave to replace a chip or so I had a lot of influence because they would allow me to sit there, you know, minding the soldering iron, of course sit there and watch them tinker. So that influenced me a lot. So when I got to a point where I had to pick my major, I couldn't choose. <laughs> I really couldn't choose what kind of engineer I wanted to be. And having been accepted at the University of California in Irvine, I didn't want to go in as undecided. So I did what normal people do not do, which is I read the engineering catalog. And under the general engineering section, it said that I could make up my major with the approval of a faculty advisor. 
So I went into their engineering office and I said, I'm going to be an electromechanical engineer because I can't decide between the two. (laughs) And they said, that doesn't exist. I said, I know, but your book says I can do that. So they actually allowed me to become an electromechanical engineer. So moving from there, I graduated from UCI and actually it was through a SWE networking event that I got my first job. And then, so I ended up working at Parker and something that they never taught us at UCI was there are different types of engineers. Like, you know, how Brand was mentioning there's manufacturing. Well, they didn't really specify that to us at UCI. I just knew I was an electromechanical engineer. So over at Parker, they helped me. They all kind of opened my eyes and you can be a design engineer. You could be a project engineer, a manufacturing, a quality engineer. What are your skill sets and what do you like doing? So they helped me figure out that I like to talk. I could not sit still to design. So I became a project engineer and I worked for them for many years, worked for doing manufacturing flight controls, basically, and worked my way up to engineering manager. And then at that point, I wanted to pivot a little bit and change things up a bit for myself. So I'm currently now a project manager in the electrical industry. Sounds a little bit like it's full circle back to maybe not directly working with the soldering irons anymore, but going back (laughs) to the kitchen table. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I love the fact that you got your first job through a SWE networking event. I always like to talk about the community that SWE fosters and how That is so critical for anyone who is looking for their first job. So thank you for that that shout out. It was a great event. Great event. Thank you, sweet. You guys set me at the table with Parker and I got my first job. So for anyone who hasn't watched the episode, I am going to start asking some questions specific to the episodes. You may want to fast forward or watch the episode and then come back to listen to this. But we'll start with Farah this time. Can you... Describe the challenge for your episode for anyone who maybe hasn't seen it and is still listening. And then tell us a little bit about your design and how you came up with it. So we were given the theme of movie night. We had to decide on a movie genre and from that point forward, tell a story through dominoes and chain reactions. And so I think after some deliberation and throwing some ideas up on the board, we ended up with the theme of fantasy. And we went on a little bit of a pirate treasure hunting adventure. And it was basically, we recognized that story was a big deal to the judges. And so that's how we first started our premise was, okay, what is our story? What do we want to tell? And then how do we convey that through dominoes and chain reactions? Brianne, you talked a little bit earlier about breaking the project into phases. Can you talk a little bit about how you accomplished that with this design? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, we kind of started with rainbows and unicorns and like how cool would it be and kind of, you know, big vision. And then, you know, we were, we were kind of starting to assign things. And again, Farah as kind of our, our project engineer lead was kind of, you know, saying, oh, I, I would like to do this. And we were all kind of, you know, taking turns on who would kind of build what sections or account for it. And then again, kind of my risk mitigation brain went off and I said, okay, ladies, not that we're not capable, 
just kind of a lot to do. And, you know, like none of us were domino experts. So let's kind of phase it back and like kind of, again, what's the critical path of like the very least we can do, but to still get all our points, account for all the requirements. And so then we kind of had like, okay, that this is going to be the the main focus, you know, first and foremost, we need to make sure we do these things. Then we kind of accounted for if it's phase two or phase three, and just kind of in those ideal states, if you will. And then after that, then we also started going into kind of time commitment. So based on the time that we knew we had, the 16 hours, okay, so, you know, roughly we're going to have two or three hours to do this piece, another, you know, four or five, and then some of our bigger builds, you know, we're going to have to see, and it also kind of breaking those into smaller phases or approaches. So again, you know, you'll see our dominoes on the floor and or different builds. We had some chain reactions. So we kind of had the time allocation to account for, okay, well, if we can't get it in this time, we'll have to either scale back and do something less complex and or maybe not have our dominoes be so big or as tall. And again, we kind of had to make sure that we were thinking ahead and had that plan to follow. You both have talked about the fact that you're project engineers or project managers. Do you think that that was a help or a hindrance for the show? Definitely a help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because even though they tell you 16 hours, they fly so fast. I think it was down to the one second countdown. I was laying our very last domino down. So yes, (laughs) time management was very crucial. And you'll definitely, as you watch throughout the season, you'll hear people like stressing out or, oh, we didn't account for this and or, you know, accidental topples happen or things don't work out according to plan. So like I said, the fact that we kind of had that those plans in place and, and just to be able to, you know, pull back and, and have a bird's eye view was incredibly beneficial for us. Power of engineering. I love to hear <laughs> that. I love that you are both so excited about the fact that like your engineering skill set really helped with this. So thanks. So walk us through the first moments on set, meeting the host, Eric Stone Street, and obviously the celebrity judges, then the other two teams. Like what were you both feeling in that moment? I think they did a really good job, like keeping us in suspense. I remember that they actually shielded the entrance of the Domino Arena while they walked us through our safety check so that we did get that first genuine like, oh my God, wow, look at this place moment when we walked out there. And sure enough, like the stage and the platforms and all of the different decor that they had there is it, it just, it made it so exciting. And it, for me, it was a little bit surreal too. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on a platform on national TV. So it was really, really exciting. Meeting the judges, they were super sweet, really nice people. Eric Stone Street is so down to earth. He kind of makes me feel like he's just like your uncle. You just want to kind of like sit and hang out with him. So Having him around, like, actually did in at some instances break the tension, I feel. Yeah. And and similarly, you know, just having that first initial safety check, that was the awe moment for me of being able to just have the ideal, I want to say, you know, workplace, any and all drills, presses, you know, wood shop, you name it. So, I mean, just having kind of the ideal workshop right there with any and all tools you can imagine was just really exciting, especially again for any of, you know, hands-on builders, creators, makers. It was truly like to say, oh my gosh, I need this in my garage. Like, you know, I'd have all of this stuff and then some. So just to be able to see all of that and and have access to it was like, okay, this is kind of an engineer's playground to build, to play, to have fun. 
And then, uh, as Farrah mentioned, they kind of walked us through the shop first, did the safety check, then into the kind of the Domino's arena section of even just the build stuff. So we didn't even get to see the platforms yet, but just the things we would have access to. So the connects, the different colors of Domino's, we had Domino's that lit up, we had props, we had staircases, you know, so many different structures that we were able to put into place. And so it was very much a feeling of overwhelmment, but also just awesomeness and and in true like form of being in awe of what was in front of you. You know, growing up, I watched Guts or, you know, Legends of the Hidden Temple. And so you saw these people that were competitors and, you know, just had cool, fun like activities. And the fact that this was, again, kind of the the dream world of engineers to build, to play, to have fun was just truly awesome. And then same, you know, you watch Eric Stone Street, you know, with as Uncle Cam and Modern Family for so many years. And so it was definitely hard to not be in awe or want to ask them a million questions about the show. And, you know, even though they canceled or the show ended, right, so many (laughs) years ago, it's really hard to, you know, remove that type of love of that kind of character. But he was just a, a jolly, wonderful person to be around and just really great energy all around. The judges were phenomenal. Like I said, just really nerd fest if you knew who they were and, you know, watching Wonder Years as well and being so close to someone who you just admired and and know what she's achieved in her own personal professional career was pretty amazing. I like that engineer's playground. I was going to say probably felt a little like being a kid in a candy shop or a toy store with all of the things that you could play with. So for sure. It actually did the opposite for me where there were so many options out there. Like they had a ton of things you could do that it nearly broke my brain from all of the like possibilities that we could, you know, come (laughs) up with. You went into too many different places. There were, were, yeah, I understand that, but that's probably better than the opposite of being stovepiped into a single solution. So that's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about the general reaction you've received from being on the show, from your friends, your family, coworkers, different communities that you're both a part of? Yeah, I'll say, you know, one, it was really hard because we had to keep it a secret because, you know, we filmed it about a year ago. So that was difficult of, you know, only being able to tell, you know, our immediate people, obviously, who we lived with or who had to know where our whereabouts were. So it was difficult, you know, because you, you want to share and tell people, oh, I just had this crazy cool experience, but having to wait until it got launched and then being able to, you know, I had a watch party and so have my friends over and it was nerve wracking, even just, you know, as promotional things would come out and announcements of, about the show that it was coming, you know, I would always kind of have this running joke of like, I would literally watch my heart rate anytime something came out because it was like through the roof you know, watching, we were on episode four. So watching the first three episodes, sitting there and watching it put me right back there. So just kind of this adrenaline rush, you know, your heart pounding, you, you start sweating again and and you're not there anymore, but you just relive it. And it was, you know, such high pressure, a a lot of fun, but probably the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) And so just to be there and, and feel that again, you know, have those connections, especially we built so many great friends within our episode with the other teams. It was an amazing experience, but also, like I said, to have the support of the community, both with SWE, within SHIP, you know, so many others, like I said, just women engineers having an opportunity to, to shine. And there were so many of us there on the show, specifically our all women engineer team with Wonder Women. So it was pretty phenomenal. To Brianne's point, yeah, it was it was really challenging being able to keep this thing a secret because, you know, you, you want to explode because it's kind of exciting and you want to share it with people, but, you know, because... We had to keep it under wraps. It's we struggled a little bit. Personally, with me, my immediate family, 
had, you know, they knew the old school way of playing domino. So when I told them I'm on a domino building competition, they really struggled to wrap their minds around what it was I was excited about until they started to see me practicing at home and trying to build these little things. And even at that point, they still struggled until finally, you know, this year they were able to start watching the show from episode one and they're like, oh, this is so cool. We didn't realize this is what you were trying to describe. So obviously at that point, there was a little bit more excitement. I mean, the support was always there. It's just now they were able to see and conceptualize what it was that they were supporting me through. So yeah, and like Brienne, I also had some close friends and family come over and we had a little watch party. And, you know, I even had really close friends of mine who lived too far to come down and be with me for our episode. They sent photos of their kids holding up signs in their living room saying, you know, go Auntie Farah, you know, so it was really heartwarming. And it was just, it was so much fun and exciting and being able to chat with our fellow contestants. I wouldn't say competition because like Brianne said, we, we all became friends at that point. Being able to chat with them through the episode, it was just such an exciting like life experience in general. That's so amazing. I'm getting goosebumps as you both are talking about your experience. And I, I can't imagine keeping that under wraps for over a year. One thing though, and, and we've talked about the fact that you were the only all women engineers team on the show. There were other engineers, but you were the all women's team. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to be able to represent women of color in the engineering profession on the show? Yeah. So I think that the big part is being able to one, think of women engineers, but then two, consider like the smaller, smaller percentage of women of color. I mean, again, like it's, you know, 2% of, you know, Latinas pursuing STEM. And, and so having that representation, you know, like I said, I'm very grateful through the organization with SHIP and even partnership within SWE. Like I've been a joint member of both for several years. So it's not so much of, you know, just having the gender ac accounted for, but also, you know, just the different perspectives. And something I'm, I'm very passionate about is making sure that as much as, we have our own biases and stereotypes are definitely easy. Being, you know, very conscious that our, our brains try to like categorize just because that's how it makes sense of things. And so as much as, you know, people aren't overtly trying to be mean or ugly and or racist, you know, it, it's not that I want to say black and white. It's just that we have our own preferences, our own prejudices. We are able to, you know, conform and or identify things that we personally relate to. And so being able to, you know, not just, I want to say, kind of break the mold as to what people expect when there's an engineer, but, you know, like through our own personal experiences on so many SWE panels, so many, you know, ship events, Nesby included, ACES and SACE, you know, with all our sister orgs, really identifying that, you know, we all have our own personal experiences. So even though we were an all team of women of color engineers, you know, we all had different experiences and as well as diversity of thought, even within our own team. And so I think that that, you know, really brought forth the ability of what we're capable of doing and then being and also being able to help celebrate that, but account for, you know, not all women engineers think alike, not all women of color are, you know, the kind of same from a mold. We all have our personal experiences and bring our own diversity of how we think, the way we think, our approach to things and being able to come together and, and celebrate that and, and really build strength on who we are and our differences as well as our similarities you know, really had a, had a phenomenal effect 
And so to think, like I said, so many just fun kids, families were watching this and not so much that it was specifically for women of color, but all of you know America and then some was able to see what engineers could look like, like our different types of personalities, the way that we handle stressful situations. So, you know, anytime someone thinks of an engineer, they now have a wider, broad spectrum of what that could look like. That's so true. Farah, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, everything that Brianne said, I'm 100%. I agree with 100%. In addition to that, I would say that being after our episode aired and talking with friends and even coworkers who were watching the show, they were sending me videos of their little kids watching our episodes. And you see this two-year-old clapping when our dominoes were toppling and a video of my coworkers, two little girls supporting me saying like, it's okay that you had an accidental topple. You still did great. And they were all girls that they were sending me videos of their little girls. And it was just so heartwarming. And it was such an honor to be raised to this level of role model and that these little girls were being shown that you too can be, you know, coming up with these creative engineering mechanisms on national TV one day. I love both of your answers just so much. The strength in our differences and the importance of representation and how that really does lead to you being role models for the next generation of STEM professionals. So I would like to take a moment and thank you both for being those role models. Thank you. Thank you. A couple more questions. One, what were the biggest lessons you both learned while competing on the show? Would you do anything differently if you had the chance? So without spoilers, Knowing what I know now, I would say because of the fact that we were a team of engineers with little to minimal domino experience, I think we relied a little too heavily on our engineering backgrounds, which meant that we ended up focusing more on our chain reactions, more so than the level of domino building that we could have potentially. And I think if I were to do it all over again, I would try to put more emphasis on our domino building. And I think that would have helped us in the long run get a little bit further than what we did. It's definitely going to be hard to explain in more detail what you meant <laughs> without spoilers. So I appreciate that and leave it at that. So Brianne, what about you? Yeah, I think, you know, being able to the same way that we were saying, kind of having a plan, I think we did the best with what we had, but kind of knowing how it turned out, you know, we could have been a little more creative to Farah's point, again, without any spoilers, you know, had a little more emphasis on maybe the areas that weren't our strengths and making sure that those requirements were accounted for. Again, I felt like part of it was that, you know, we had to go through it to learn. But kind of if I, we had the, the knowledge and the brain and the experience we had, then, then to go back. That would have been definitely one is just to expand and again, Ferris said it perfectly, not not lean so heavily on our strengths, but to make sure that you know there was a little more alignment with with each of the pieces of the the tasks we were given to make sure that they were all accounted for. I feel like there's a professional work lesson built into what you both just described about the again, the importance of diverse perspectives and having different skill sets. So 
Well, I think that happens too, especially when you're, you know, I'm going to say an engineer and an entry level engineer, you kind of want to go around and fix everything. I think, you know, what comes with wisdom is you kind of learn to sit back and observe for a while first and foremost, you know, building the network of people that you can trust as your experts outside of the engineering world. So, you know, the more team and the more buy in you get just for you and how you work and the things you're liking to achieve, you have that chance to kind of build relationships and get trust from individuals. And that's such a huge, important part that I think is missing. Yes, engineering is very technical. Yes, we, you know, very much highlight on science and math. But having those really strong interpersonal skills and building that, you know, relationships and simply just like I said, getting buy-in and trust from people that either you're serving, you're designing for, you're building a solution, you know, focused on, that makes such a huge piece of it. So to your point, like whenever we had all of these variety of different pieces of the puzzle we had to account for in our builds, like you said, I think thankfully a lot of our team had already had that accounted for in their own experience. So I could not agree more. Yeah, I agree. I really do feel like coming into this project, uh, in a way, our team did kind of treat it like it was a work project. You know, we we had to look at planning. We had to look at practicality of manufacturing and, you know, whose skill set was most suited for the task at hand and how could the rest of us support that person it all kind of fell into play. And I feel really blessed that we were each able to recognize that in each other. And I feel that's what made our team so effective in working together. Very well said. Is there anything that when you saw your episode air, when you saw that final edit, was there anything that was surprising to you about that? Or maybe even anything that you were disappointed in that you know happened that didn't make the final cut? that you can share, obviously. (laughs) For me personally, I wish there was more airtime for the show because, you know, at the end of the day, I understand they're trying to pack in the story of four teams into a nine or a 60 minute window. And so they cut out so much stuff, like all the blood, sweat and tears and troubleshooting and testing of all of our builds. You don't really, I feel like the audience misses out on connecting with the struggles and the challenges that we face because they had to trim all that stuff in order to get it to fit, you know, those 60 minutes. So a lot of that, I I would have friends approach and family approach and be like, hey, so how did you build this? What did, how did you come up with this concept? Things like that. And they would like to, they're curious to know more about the behind the scenes stories of how we came up with our overall build. So I wish there would have been more time for that. Yeah. And similarly, I want to, I was thinking exact to Farah's point, being able to highlight even just our accomplishments. And so the, some of the things we struggled with, and then we, we overcame them. Some of the things that we as a team had our own disagreements and had to work through. And I think that would have been very crucial to show. Like Farah said, I know there's definitely editing and they kind of show how to show what happened when and Yes, there's drama involved, but showcasing even like the healthy side of having a disagreement and how do you work through those conversations, especially in a stressful time, especially when there's introducing accountability and things that, you know, people either signed up for or that, you know, they fully willing meant to do and, you know, kind of having to say, okay, well, we're not at the spot we thought we were going to be like, how do we shift? How do we pivot? How do we continue to build on and move forward? And so like I said, to Farrah's point, there was a lot of other things that happened and our team handled it phenomenally. 
But I, I think there was certainly a, a lot of great takeaways, particularly in, in our own experience that unfortunately had to be cut and, and kind of left on the editing room floor, if you will. Last question about the show. Is there anything else from the experience that you two had, which I think you've described in such great detail for our listeners? I personally feel a little bit like I was there with you, but is there anything else that you would want to share from your experience? I think for me, I would say first, shout out to women. I was there because of women. I, from the beginning, the scout who approached me with her questionable or, you know, the spammy looking email to the the old teammate from the Red Bull project that referred me to the fact that I was at the time working with a female project engineer and my manager was also female who supported me in order for me to go out and film this thing in the middle of a work week type of a situation. It was all women to my all women team who helped me build this crazy and imaginative domino topple line. For me, it was just the support and love of women. So that was just, it just, it makes my heart so warm thinking about the fact that like I've had all these women to support me through this whole experience. And I would also like to share with our listeners that you, if you ever get an opportunity like this, it's scary as heck, but do it. It is a lifetime experience that I think you will learn from and grow from and just hands down. It was challenging. It made you sleepless. I know Brienne and I were working full-time from our hotel rooms while we were preparing for this, but do it. It is worth the experience. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with Farah. Again, it was just such a beautiful experience of camaraderie and community. To add to that, I think my own personal ask, advice, just kind of shout out is having that sense of community, but also celebrating critical thinking celebrating the nerds in the world. There's just so many, I feel like, especially the world of engineering, right? Like we are the Batmans of society. You know, we build the roads every day that you don't even think of. You know, you turn the the light switch on and don't think twice about it not working. Turning on a water hose or, you know, just your faucet every day to brush your teeth. And like all of these things that, you know, we take for granted, we don't think twice of just in our everyday society, especially here in America. And an engineer was responsible for that. And so there's so much beauty and, you know, in my ideal world, you know, scientists, engineers, innovators, technologists would be celebrated, you know, as celebrities, like people are changing lives in the way that we live our everyday life on the daily. And a lot of these really cool, just advances, like I said, innovations, introductions to, you know, progressing our society is just underwhelmingly not acknowledged or seen. You know, I feel like, again, these people that are just trailblazing and everyone, right? There's so many specialists and different types of engineering out there that that's really just truly changing the way that we experience life on a daily basis. And it's truly phenomenal. So the fact that, you know, Domino Masters is kind of the second of its kind, right? Behind Lego Masters, but to really be identifying the skill sets, the how cool is this? And oh my gosh, can you imagine? And to have kids see us as celebrities, as role models, wanting to be do what we're doing and asking their parents for domino sets and to build their own in their living room is pretty powerful. And so I think, you know, the more that we acknowledge the power behind building these skill sets, as Farrah mentioned, you know, it's not always easy, 
but you know, building the stamina, the resilience and tenacity of overcoming something and building a skill set, staying dedicated and and really working towards something like nothing can ever give you that sense of accomplishment for something you had to work hard, especially if you failed a couple of times, scraped your knee, had to retake a few classes. It really just showcases what you're capable of and in pushing yourself outside your comfort zone is truly just a phenomenal place, you know, to be celebrated as a human and what you're capable of. And again, we're, we're changing that finish line every single day and really just hitting new heights. So it's, it's a pretty amazing thing to experience, to be celebrated, to be a part of it and to continue to celebrate others and with intention and really raising up the entire community for the amazing work everyone's doing. And Rachel, to what Brienne was saying too, Brienne knows this. I had a petition production to name our team Bringing Nerdy Back, but I got turned down. (laughs) I love that story. I think that is a great tidbit to end our discussion on. And I will say, I feel like I have been around a couple of celebrities today. So definitely thank you both Farah and Brienne for being on the show with us. I think so many of the points that you hit on during your discussion of your experience on Domino Masters are so relevant for all of our listeners. If they're in school, if they're trying to decide what kind of engineer they want to be, and just that the fact that there's strength in our differences and the diversity of thought matters. And, you know, Brianne, to what you ended with, just getting, putting yourself out there and making mistakes and then getting back up again. All of those things are so critical, I think, for success in engineering. So I really appreciate you both taking the time to talk with me today and for sharing your story with our listeners. Thanks Thanks for having having us. us. It was a pleasure. Thanks. I'm Rachel Morford. And for all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, all together at altogether.swe.org. <laughs>